0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Conscious Environment Podcast. This week, I was able to sit down with one of my newest, favorite uh, high fantasy writers, and that's Michael Blavorn. And we got a chance to talk about black representation in media, why it's important, why it's necessary, and what to say to somebody when they try to convince you its isn't. Let's just jump into it. So, Michael, introduce yourself for for the folks. Um, let them know who you are and uh, a little bit about the book, maybe, where we can find you on the interwebs and all that.
1: Yeah, I am Michael and I am notoriously very bad at talking about myself. Um, Despite ripping loving who I am. um, uh, You can find my, obviously you can find me here on this page, but you can find my book on dybpublishing.com. It is also stocked by paperbacks and bread, stocked by some other indie bookstores too but that's the one I'm going to send y'all to because she's amazing Um, and I am right now working on getting a um, we just started with Paperbacks and Firebird. we just started a publishing company for black and brown folks which we are very blessed to have had hundreds of submissions since we started a couple just a month ago Um, so we are right now getting a couple of projects picked out and gonna mess with people soon
0: cool (laughs) I love it man that's awesome. <laughs> um, how, what gave you? So, when I was actually looking for like a headshot of you, I found that you've written a bunch of books. I
1: don't um, I
0: don't know so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, this one is fantasy, and so I brought you uh, on this live so that we could actually talk about um, representation. And media and high fantasy is kind of the um, the the biggest should black people be around in it uh, question of like I feel like the whole summer we've been having this like pseudo argument about whether or not uh black people should be in high fantasy now like secretly i know that we've been having this argument for like decades but like it's been really 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 hot this past summer because a bunch of uh a bunch of production houses have been like yeah sure you know black people exist uh maybe they should be on dragons or whatnot um
1: it's <laughs> so <laughs> delightful that they just noticed
0: yeah I know they just found us. it's It's wild. so as far as so what is your take on, or if someone was to ask you why is representation important, or what do bipoc authors mean when they say representation? Is it just black people existing, or is it um more world building? what what does that word mean to you when we use it?
1: I think it it means different things to different people. When I use it, um, I'm saying two things. I'm saying that I want us, first of all, to exist in the worlds that are, because first of all, when people write books, no matter what they're writing about, they are reframing the world that they live in. They are reframing Mm -hmm. this reality. Everybody does that. There is no original thought out there. We are all just reframing our actual experience. Um, So, Because of that, every time someone reads a book, they are looking at the world through the lens of somebody who has reframed it to meet their needs and their specific ideas and their specific wants. And so for me, when I say representation, I'm saying that I want the people who create media to keep in mind that the things that they build are going to affect a world where we have to exist with less power than the people that are reading their books. So choosing to not include us, not only within the characters that are in their books, but in the framework of their world building actually puts us in a position where the people who have power over us are free to not see us. And that's terrifying. So for me, representation is about helping people who exist in a kind of world where they don't have to see us. It's forcing them to see us. Putting us in fantasy forces white people to see us as a part of the real world. But also, I mean, creating a world where little black kids can see black people. Mm-hmm. Because like, we just, I don't know about, like, this new generation, they might have somebody, but we didn't have that. We didn't have that.
0: No. no. Nah. I uh, I had Blade. Uh, I was Blade Good every story. year. Yeah, I mean, great. <laughs> yeah, but I was Blade every year for Halloween for, like, four years in a row because that was the superhero that I had that I was like, yeah, I can. And even if I wanted to... Um, like I'll never forget and and these are kind of the the anecdotal stories that I feel like every person of color black person has is um I remember I think it was like elementary school like early elementary school probably too soon for me to be watching the movie Blade but I did anyway but um <laughs> same I remember that Halloween um not even thinking i was dressing up as blade but i think i wanted to dress up as batman or something like that but it just included wearing basically all black and like having like a cape and um i remember everybody every house i went to everybody was like oh you're blade you're blade and that's because i was just yep i was just a black black little black kid wearing all black so I must have been, like, the recent character that they could think of. Like, it never occurred to them that I could have been dressing up as Batman or any other character. But now with... Actually, Batman is black in the comics right now. um, One run of them. Uh, But you also have Miles Morales, um, you know, as Spider-Man. Like, kind of taking these characters and... um, Not even so much changing them, but having these characters be uh be black kids and and have little black kids be able to see themselves in these characters and not have to be like the black version of things yeah. like you have the, there's a name like you have this uh and you and you're able to do that so i think like personally that's why i think representation is so important because fantasy is where we get to escape like movies are super important to me and my family and uh you know around the world but like for for myself it's i i'd like the escape and it kind of sucks when you end up in a world where you're you're not there you kind of have to imprint on somebody that isn't you doesn't look like you doesn't think like you um it's
1: painful for us and it's also like, to be honest, it's also terrifying that as a whole, escaping from reality means escaping to somewhere where we don't exist. Like that's scary yeah. on the other side too, that that's what they want. Like it's terrifying.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it, it it's it's interesting to me that a lot of times they don't even think about the fact that there aren't black people there until we tell them, Hey, there's going to be a black person there. Like never really think about in like almost 12 hours of movies, there aren't any black people in the Lord of the Rings, like in so much film, so much media. And, um, this, I actually just recently made a video kind of talking about this, but like this idea of white as default, um, And I kind of want your take on this as, as a, as a writer, like how do you not tackle this or get around it? But yeah, I mean, I guess how do you, how do you handle your writing when a lot of times when we don't say that a character is insert whatever race that we want them to appear as if we don't describe their appearance, the audience automatically assumes that they're white. Um, It, so in your writing, how do you kind of tackle that idea that no, these are black characters in a black world with, in in a you know Afrocentric setting or whatever?
1: I put a lot of effort into describing them intricately, um, describing the colors of their skin, describing the undertones of their skin, describing their hairstyles. Um, but I also, and this is really important to me because we center whiteness because we center power. Like when we're escaping from reality, we all want to, we want to be somewhere where we matter. Um, and so I put a lot of effort in my writing, um, whether that's short stories, whether that's fiction books, whether that's blogs, I put a lot of effort into having world building in a way that dismantles power. Cause I right. think that it helps people to see um, the world differently. Um, and, I think they're more willing to see us when we do that. So I do both of those things. I, I describe people in detail um, and I always include at least in every story I've ever written, I've always included at least one white character that I put a lot of tropes on for fun. Um, and <laughs> then I dismantle power. And I, I think that helps. But also I center my marketing around this is black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's> black. <laughs> you're right. Like even when I read books that are supposed to be black books, if they're not described that way, are our nature is to see white people.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I'm curious as to what, what are your thoughts on the, um, on the food, on the food thing when it comes to describing, the people's uh, like the colors of their skin, like the tones, like I, I always hear like this kind of, funny trope with writers is that like black people are always food or wood. So how do you, how do you, how do you describe us or, or does that, is that not offensive to you? Does that not matter?
1: I, I find it very offensive because um, the majority of writers don't do that to white characters. They can describe the beauty of a white person's skin even, and they do without reducing them to something that's less than human. I'm not, I'm not offended by it in thought. Um, cause there are, there are foods and there are woods that have pretty colors. So I'm not offended by it in thought, but I'm offended by it because they don't do it to themselves. Um, so right. I, I don't do it. I just say what co- like people's color. Um, there are so many variations of Brown. Um, there mm-hmm. are so many colors to use. Um, you can talk about, um, the, the dark umber skin or the reddish Brown skin. You can, you can say all of those things. Um, I think any time that you have to reduce a character to make people see that they're unique, that tells me everything I need to know about where the story is going. And I, I don't like it.
0: Right. Yeah. Like I, um, yeah. Like those two examples that you just gave are, I instantly could see that tone. um. and I think that is kind of a nuanced difference. Um, I think a lot of times uh, white writers and white consumers oftentimes just see black people and they kind of have a thought of what that could look like or what that what that means. But just like black person is just in their head. Like when you say reddish brown, that's a very specific black tone to me. Like that skin tone is very specific to me. I know exactly what that person looks like, but I don't know if a white writer would have that kind of nuance to be able to decipher amongst skin tones of black people. Cause I think a, b- a lot of black people see different black people and we understand their skin tones mm-hmm. so we can describe them better. I'm personally tired of reading about mahogany and or chocolate people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't like <laughs> mahogany, ebony chocolate. Um, yeah, like it, it, for me,
1: it comes down to like, they reduce us to what we've always been to them. Because we've always been something to work to work with, to work around, and to consume in many different ways. And um, I think we're just done with it. We're done with it. You have to do better white people.
0: It, right. Yeah. Um, I just want to point something out to you, if you didn't know this, because I learned this last week. Um, our comment sections are different. Michael, did you know that? I, I did know that. Uh, so I, I have a couple here I just want to uh, let you know someone's uh, speaking to you but uh, Anna said as a reader I love what you're saying if you give me details that's who I see and I love that um, and then she gave you a little, little plus she uh, co-signed what you were saying right after that um, but yeah I think I think I think a lot of white writers don't take advantage of just descriptors because book people are are book people. They they like reading a lot of. They they like reading for detail. That's that's the mm. whole point. That you get more across in novelizations than you even can on screen. So I think that that's something that's super important to have as far as like details and things like that go. So I want to talk about I guess um, the elephant. In the room. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on, on Ariel? Little Mermaid. I,
1: am, I, am, I have complicated thoughts because I am very excited every time that a major media outlet um, makes space for us. I'm very <clears> excited <throat> for that. I'm excited for all the little black girls that are going to see themselves. I'm excited for all of the little white kids that are going to be forced to see us. Um, because right. in my in my opinion, we don't change the world by convincing the bigots to stop being bigots. We convince the world by hanging our faces on their walls for their children to see in a positive light. Um, putting us in books, putting us in movies, that is going to enable the next generation of white Americans to see us as human beings. And we need that. So I'm very excited for that. Um, on the other side of the thought, which is not negative about that, um, I am often disappointed that all of our effort in regards to representation is in making space for us in white companies instead of fighting for the black and brown artists who are already representing us. Like, I want to see the stories that are, there is a Black Mermaid story out there. I want to see that get pushed hard and be on on the TV. I want to see that. But I want to see this too. I just don't want to see this only. So I have complicated thoughts, but I'm very excited for it. I'm going to hype it up and I'm going to join every fight when white people
0: come for it. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I completely agree There's a lot of stories And that's what makes me really love um, What what you're specifically doing Like, uh, you know, kind of joining forces um, uh, With the bookstore f- to, to form the publishing company We need more grassroots things like that to get these stories told because for every person that says that's like right isn't that the initial pushback that we always end up getting Um, you know why do you have to take our story why can't you make your own story but when we make our own story you guys don't like that either. So so what are we, so, what are we supposed to do? fine we'll take Both. the Disney money <laughs> right yeah exactly well we'll 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 take the we'll take the Disney money and then kind of keep pushing forward these things, like this weekend we also have the Woman King coming out um Very you know for that. It, right, yeah, that's an amazing original story about an original group of um at the i think it's based off of the the Amazonians, which. In the original marketing, they buried that that was the name of the group because I, I mean, could you imagine if they're like, yeah, it's a it's a story about the Amazonians. They were all black, by the way. You don't we don't talk about that part. You guys only think of Wonder Woman, but like they were real and all black women. Sorry. <laughs> like, and I think a lot of people, um, it just it, it, they 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 can't see. Pass this zero-sum game kind of thing. If yeah. black people are in a role, that means that we forced a white person out of a role, and that I don't think is true. Uh, let's. How do you feel about putting black actors in these situations? I'm excited to see it, but Haley is. I think actors have tough skin. I think. I think. I think you're underestimating what daily life. In yeah. a um, white supremacist society, is like for a black person. She was going to get, she was going to get shit for this movie. She was going to get shit for the next movie. She was going to get shit for the next album that she put out. There was going to be yeah. someone who hates her just because she's black.
1: Yep, she is a black woman in America, and uh, as a black woman in America, she she did know this would be the response. Um, and I am, while I am very upset that it's the backlash I'm very proud of her for choosing to fight for her community yeah um very proud of her so that's I want to be clear about that I am upset that as the market we are not fighting for black and brown stories I am not upset that we are making space for black and brown actors right yes exactly (laughs) so weird to me when I'm in a room with people who um will loudly in a conversation with me defend us um, ideologically, but then when somebody says something racist in the room with both of us, they'll leave me to discuss it. That's, that's not an ally to me. That's not, that's not useful to me.
0: Right, yeah. It shouldn't be, uh, only on the black people in the room, or the BIPOC in the room, or whatever marginalized group is in the room's responsibility no. to defend themselves to the death over whatever has just come out of people's mouths. So they, you and, sh-
1: and in regards off. to media, like what you were saying, that's exactly what it's like when the only thing that we see um, being produced are movies that defend us by making us other, by making us different. Um, yeah. We don't, we can't have any space for it anymore. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I I forgot that my um my description says buy my book or I'll cancel you. So every time someone comments about it, it's funny to me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Buy my book or I'll cancel you. (laughs) Um, and the so how do you feel about or how should we we tackle? I think I know your answer, but how do how do you feel about black? Coded characters. So, especially in high fantasy, we see this all the time. Um, I think there's like a like a viral Chance the Rapper tweet um, that something like racism is gone after the movie Bright came out. It was like racism is defeated because we all love orc now because the orcs were very like black coded in that in that movie the whole time and. that was, like, kind of the thing. It was, like, you got to come together and love each other and we'll all get together. But they couldn't just have it be, like, just a black guy and a white guy. It was a black guy and an orc. But the orc yeah. was yeah. definitely seen as, like, the black guy. So, as far as, like, high fantasy coding and things like that, when we're literally not dealing with humans, but just humanoids.
1: how you is absolutely black. Um, I... That's a hard question because, in my opinion, I think most fantasy is black coded. Um, I think that the things that white people use to escape, they want to escape the same systems that we want to escape. They just don't want to acknowledge that they exist. They want to escape classism. and yeah. they want to escape the way that other people are other. They want to escape the way that they are marginalized and the way that people around them are marginalized. They just don't want to acknowledge that the marginalizations exist. And when they write their stories where they erase those marginalizations, they write characters about us. They write stories about dismantling things that actually affect us and don't affect them. Um, I've talked about this before in regards to a lot of really popular series that millennials grew up on, that they use marginalization as a stepping stone to destiny, but it's always always because they want to dismantle things that affect us. So most fantasy is black-coded, and most fantasy characters are black-coded to some degree. Um, And for me, I think... I don't necessarily want to say don't do that anymore because it's hard not to when you live in a culture where that has been built on the backs of black culture, Um, Mm -hmm. because America, America is built, is black coded. Um, So for me, I don't, I don't care that they black code characters. I want them to stop pretending they're not doing it. I want, I want fantasy writers to start acknowledging that um, that black culture has developed this industry, that black culture is what makes their books sell. Is what makes their books useful. Is what makes. I want. I want media as a whole to start acknowledging and pouring those resources into acknowledging black culture. Um, but also, stop making us freaking animals and orcs. Like, <laughs> just have a black guy.
0: <laughs> exactly. Just. Just. Just have a black black person. Like, I mean, the other. You know, the other. Side of this coin is like, yes, we do have, you know, the Princess Tiana's of the world, but also, you know, Princess Tiana it turns into a frog like about 20 minutes into that film and turns back into a human about eight minutes before the end of the film. Um, like we see this all the time, like even not even just with with black people, but like, you know, uh, brother bear native uh, the native characters that get turned into bears literally, and then the first, like, the first act, and then they stay bears, the whole movie, and then they become not bears at the end of the movie. Um, This happens all the time with tons of characters. The one that, like, broke my heart, because I, um, in the last few years have made it a habit to watch just the teaser trailer of movies and then not any other trailer. So I don't know anything about the movies. Um... But one that like broke my heart was Soul. I was so excited for that movie. I was like, "Whoa, these like Pixar is doing it! Like these like these black characters are actually drawn like black characters, not just like white characters that are painted black. Like they're actually black. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, anime does this all the time, where they'll just be like, it's the same, the same facial structure and everything. They're just like just color them in more or not um but i was like wow they actually made like black looking characters in in a black world like it looks like he's in atlanta or like harlem or something like he, he, he this is this is amazing and then, spoiler alert he's like a cat for most of the movie and i'm like ah, you guys were so close yeah. You were there. You were you were so close to us having to having um a, a movie where we could follow a black character for the whole like a a black man for the for the whole movie. And, and another thing I've I've just seen recently, and I kinda want your um your take on this. I know we just talked about trauma um like as being like a plot point. And I know that's kinda hard because, you know, we need drama to make stories interesting, but I'm a little torn on like family dynamics being like the crux of things. Like I'm thinking of, um, what was that movie? Seeing red. Um, it was the East Asian. I don't want to name one country cause I can't think of, I, I can't think of the name. Uh, I, I can't think of the culture specifically, but, um, East Asian culture and family drama is, mm-hmm. The crux of what's going on. Like, it's literally daughter versus mom. And I know before anybody says it, I know Meredith, it was that was the same thing, but that's like one. But like, almost every single POC story I can think of is like child hates family or mother or something mm-hmm. like that. And like, that's the fight. It's like intergenerational tension is yeah. the problem. Like, we don't have it, it's never like man versus environment and like, we don't have a bad yeah. guy to fight. It's always like an internal struggle. Right. Yeah. yeah so like,
1: because, like on the one hand, I don't want that. Like, I don't want every store. I don't want there to never be two living parents. I don't want the dad to have always abandoned their kids. I don't want, I don't want there to always be a fight between mom and daughter. Um, on the other side of that, though, I think it's a fair representation on what the world has done to our families as a whole. Uh, people of color, our families are born. Our families are ripped apart. And um, for a lot of our children and our people, seeing that on film gives us a space to, to address it and heal. And I think for that reason, it's good. But I don't want it to be every story. Um, I also right. want to see us reframing the world to what it's supposed to be. Um, right. So I, I want and that's for me, like I don't I don't I don't want an either or. I want to see both. I want to see the stories that let us look at our story and have our moment of realization and healing and clarity. Um but I also want to see the stories that have us dream and hope. And the stories that we just exist in and have nothing to do with us. I, I want that to be the majority of them. Like I want stories where it just I want there to be so many black and brown stories where white people could replace us and the stories stay the same that we don't have to have this fight anymore i don't want them to do that but i want them to be able to because i can't think of many black and like you were saying earlier i can't think of many black and brown stories that don't center the fact that we're not white um and so right. those aren't those aren't stories then they're just they're our trauma it's hard
0: yeah uh someone corrected me in the comments that movie was turning red um where she turns into the red panda but yeah exactly we don't get that chance to melt away and i don't i, I don't want to put you on the spot but i heard you talk about this before um if you can remember what are your thoughts on uh mr mr harry potter because i've heard I you talk about this before harry and you've and you've said it honestly the best way that I can possibly I can't repeat what you said. It was so good that I've sent your video to people. Um, <laughs> I was like, "This is a great, great, breakdown about about uh, about Harry Potter." But um, like, yeah, that's a character that, in as as black folk, we don't have a lot. Black and brown people, we don't have a lot of characters like that that we can just fold into that are these kind of blank slate characters, and that is literally the most popular archetype in storytelling history is this kind of blank slate hero character that you can imprint on and then you go about the, the world or galaxy doing adventures. Yeah. So what do you think about like characters like that where um, you know it seems like their superpower is mediocrity and then we kind of know what they they look like
1: <laughs> i have a lot of thoughts about harry potter um i was a fan for a very long time um i but i think there's this weird thing that harry potter does which i don't think anybody will argue that that story uses marginalization a stepping stone it does um but for me the thing that i thought was most harmful as an individual was because it's a blank slate and because of the way that story is set up and i hate destiny and i've talked about this a lot i hate destiny existing in stories because Mm. what happened in Harry Potter story was he's allowed to be mediocre. He's allowed to do nothing. He's allowed to be whoever he wants to be. And he's going to end up at success because he is a, at the end of the day, he is a very rich, very famous, very powerful person. Who was destined to be the most gifted person of his generation. And no matter how he fails, no matter how he's harmed, no matter how much marginalization exists, he's going to end up being the most interesting person in the story. And the reason I hate those stories being attached to blank slate characters is because while it did appeal to us marginalized kids, because it did, there were mm-hmm. there were there were black kids, there were gay kids, there were brown kids, there were there were marginalized kids who read that story and thought, I can come out of my cupboard one day. I will matter one right. day. I will be powerful one day. But at the end of the day, what that story actually did was it told all of the little rich white kids that they could put their face over our story. That they, everything they achieve, everything that they they get access to, all of the money, all of the fame, all of the power, that was them working hard for the thing that they deserved. And it turned marginalization into a um, stepping stone to privilege. And it just, it promised us a future and then took it away. Um, So for that reason, I I don't, I don't like that. And it almost, it doesn't almost, it does. It reinforces the pull yourself up by your bootstraps thought because at the end of the day, it's a, it's an obstacle to what he can achieve. It's an obstacle. And I, I just don't, I don't want stories that give us white characters where my story is an obstacle for them because it's not an obstacle for me. It's my whole freaking reality. And that's the way that it is right. for all marginalized people. Our reality is that cupboard. I want to see if they want to talk about it. I want to see them talk about it from within the cupboard. I want to see right. stories about Harry Potter from within that cupboard. Um, and that's just, it's just not what they're giving. They're giving um, here's what you could be. If you'd work a little hard on Negroes,
0: <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Because for 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 black characters and I think it's kind of a good place for us to 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 rest on um for for black people why representation matters so much to see us in normalcy is that black people don't get a chance to see ourselves being normal and then we don't get a chance to also have an escape where we don't have to imprint on someone who doesn't look like us we don't get the chance to like the cupboard for harry potter is our skin what we live in every single day we don't get to come out of the cupboard we don't get to take yeah. that off we don't get to just be different Uh, a a different person as soon as we discover ourselves and realize we're a wizard or realize we're a wizard like the couple of black characters that are in harry potter they're the black wizards everybody points out that they still see them as the black characters (laughs) and in that in that film in in that series um even like the stage play where hermione's played by a wonderful black actor um Nope. we have to acknowledge that this is the black Hermione. That's on the stage play. That's the black Hermione. It's not just who Hermione is. And you could say it to your blue in the face that in the books, who she is is literally never described. And that's wrapping back around a perfect example of, of white as default. Her skin tone is never described in the book and don't say what she looks like other than she has curly hair and she's like whimsical or something or very, it's some, something about her personality and like just her hair type is that her hair is curly and she's smart. Fine. Um, but yes, that could be a, a black person. There isn't a reason why she needs to be white other yeah. than they want her to be white. And I think that that is an important thing for representation is to start seeing black, black people in positions where their blackness isn't central to the plot. We don't need to be black. We just are black because in reality land we are black. Your doctor yep. may be black. Your your dentist may be black. Your lawyer may be black. Your boss may be black. Um it, it and and they don't have to just Go. It doesn't have to always just be struggle that we go through in order to solve or get to these to get to these points. But that's why uh, representation in media is super duper important because we need to just normalize the fact that we exist. Yeah. And you can't get rid of us. You're not getting away from us. Even in your dreams, we're we'll be there. <laughs> uh, so, Michael, tell us, um, tell us a little bit about your book. Remind us where we can get it again, and uh, where we can find you and support you and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, my book is about identity. It is everybody. Almost everybody is black. Um, but you can, you could replace this with a white character and still get the same story. So, Ooh.
0: <laughs> We're in the same
1: spot. um, don't do it though. Cause I'll come for you. Um, <laughs> this book is very much about struggling through, um, the intersection of privilege and, and struggle. Um, so I, it's about a couple of characters who have kind of been warped. They're, they're heirs to a throne, but they're also have been taken from their families and from their cultures and they don't really know who they are and they're struggling to find their identity with a lot of magic, a lot of fighting. A lot of trauma because i'm absolutely an evil writer um but yeah it's a good story and you can find it on dybpublishing.com or come to my page and you know watch all the videos where i talk about it and give you links
0: cool cool well thank you uh michael for coming on and hanging out with me for the yeah show the, show the cover of the book it's it's dope because <laughs> the cover of the book is dope I- yeah! <laughs> black people, Look kidding. at that pretty black lady. Yeah. What are the magic powers? Gonna be, like if you could have one magic power from your book, what would it be? Um, is there is there just? It's that
1: actually name? it's it's a power that I didn't explain yet, so I'm, I'm not gonna answer. <laughs> <God> dang it! <laughs> Bye, book two. <laughs>
0: Alright, alright, alright. You gotta, you gotta buy the second book. Can people fly? Can you fly in that book?
1: Um, some characters would be able to. Nobody's done it in this book. Maybe I'll put it in the second one just for you.
0: Nobody's I, been able to... And...
1: Just so you all know, I wrote a scene today about a creamy noodle with, with breadcrumbs on it. And I might put it in there just to spite Portia. <laughs> 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 you should I wrote also... this morning in anger.
0: You should also name the character that cooks it, Porsche.
1: Oh, absolutely, I will. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Just let her know. Just, just let her just know. Let her know. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> we're gonna hit it. But thank you again so much, Michael, for coming on and hanging out with us. Um, I'm gonna be doing this every week, so hopefully I'll have you back on a little bit for the for the for the sequel. You know. But please go buy uh, Michael's book. I have to pick up a copy of it. Uh, it. He's was he was back ordered before, so get your get your orders in. So that I'm you caught, get I'm them caught not up loud. for now, but
1: feel free to sell me out, everybody.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep keep <laughs> keep, keep 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 selling them out. Um, but thanks for hanging out, guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Hey, what's going on, folks? I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. And please do remember, we do this live every single week. So every Thursday, Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m., we are live on TikTok. And my TikTok is overthink I-D-E-F-F-OVERTHINK. And check it out. We do the show live. There's a lot more content there because you can't really squeeze it all into the podcast here. Um, But... Hopefully, I'll catch you guys there. If not, I'll see you next week with another great topic and another great guest. Peace.